Hello, friends, and welcome to this special edition of Tome Show News. I'm your Tome Show News anchor, Lewis Brinton. Normally on TSN, we do a brief 10- to 15-minute show of short news features about Dungeons & Dragons and the D&D community. Today, however, we have the opportunity to focus more in-depth on an upcoming publication. In the near future, we'll be seeing the release of The Border Kingdoms, a new source book for the Forgotten Realms, co-authored by Ed Greenwood, the creator of the Forgotten Realms, and Alex Kammer, who you'll know as the director of GameholeCon. So, uh, Ed, Alex, welcome to the show. We're so glad you're here. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you very much for asking us to be on. Yeah, well, we're thrilled to have you both, uh, and I I can just... (laughs) This is a new show, but I'm willing to editorialize a little bit. I am personally super excited uh, about this resource coming out. Uh, I, uh, I'm a great appreciator of the realms, and the, the Border Kingdoms is a piece of the realms I know very little about, so I will be snapping this up with great interest uh, when it comes out. So let me start by just asking uh, a question to each of you, and I'd like you to just answer one at a time. Um, t- tell us about this book. Oof. Okay. Well, how about if I start? Uh, because Please. I think I, I can give some context to uh, to where where we are and where we came from, um, and I'll try to do so uh, succinctly. Um, the uh, years ago, when the Adventures League was just kicking off uh, from our friends at Wizards of the Coast, and uh, they were continuing the tradition of having uh, organized play that that parallels each edition of D&D. And uh, Adventures League was a huge success. It became far more popular than even they were anticipating. Um, they, they had to allocate more resources to it, and um, it, it, it became the, the, the fuel for uh, conventions. So when it, when it was the overlay between my convention, which is GameholeCon, and um, and Adventures League was was uh, became a, a, a I don't I hate to use corporate speak but it was it was very synergistic that way that uh, that, that Wizards uh, was interested in in the the the, the number of uh, Adventures League players that we had which was a lot at that point uh, this is you know 2014 2015 and um, uh, they're 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 they were coming up with running into real problems with um, not problems, challenges with having enough content. So they created this program, which they identified our show, GameholeCon, and uh, our friend David Christ, who runs uh, Baldman Games, who's in charge of Winter Fantasy, and he runs D&D Adventures League for Origins and Gen Con, and said, hey, you guys, if you want to have your own piece of the Forgotten Realms and can can write stories for it and write adventures for these pieces do so just you guys just you two camps uh so ed and i have been friends for a number of years now and uh, we've worked together on on several things and i i reached out to ed said so ed what do you think we should do this is your this is your child Where, where where should we of all the fantastic and amazing places in the forgotten realms where do you think we should um plant our flag and uh, Ed, I remember I got the email back, and there were ten different possibilities that he initially suggested, uh, with pros and cons of each. It was very detailed. I said, okay, but I mean, of uh, 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 and there were some pretty. I mean, they're they're great. And so we we talked about it further, 
Um, and at this point, I, I said, Ed, I, I'm not the person to be able to choose of your setting. What is the best <laughs> place for us to do this? And so I'm going to turn the mic over to Ed, and he's going to explain to you why he picked the Border Kingdoms as a great place for uh, hosting the Adventure Leagues, uh, Adventure League play, and also just to, from a lore standpoint, from a uh, need to develop more stories in this place. So Ed, take over from here if you don't mind. Sure. Yeah, I don't mind at all. Uh, the Border Kingdoms... I mean, for me, it was scratching an itch. It was finishing an unfinished project. Because in the pages of Polyhedra Newsine from the Role-Playing Gamers Association, I had gotten up to, I think, H or I in the alphabet and hadn't been able to finish the coverage. And then I revisited again in a, the third edition source book called Power of Faroon. I'd managed to sneak a little into the back of that. It was unfinished business for me, but that wasn't why I chose it. That was just the benefit I got out of it. The reason I chose it out of all of those possibilities is it is prime adventurers country. The border kingdoms is this little backwater of temperate farms, winding dirt lanes, us, and lots of wood lots. It's sort of like rural Pennsylvania, Southern rural Pennsylvania. Okay, mm -hmm. it's somewhat like that in topography, and it's 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 on the southern shore of the Lake of Steam, between it and where the Shar begins, the the plateau rises that is the Shar, and it's where adventurers who want to conquer a kingdom come, and their kingdom might be two farms, a pasture, a woodlot. And it's the Grand Duchy of so-and-so, or it's <laughs> the glittering kingdom of us, or whatever, you know. Um, and, and that's where they bury their treasure, or hide it in some other way that they think is clever, and where they retire to, and where they establish a base until the next band of adventurers comes over the hill and decides to put them to the sword and look for that treasure that's got to be around here somewhere, because everybody brings the treasure. <laughs> and use it as their base. And if you could imagine this going on for about six, seven centuries, the place is a hodgepodge of weird kingdoms. And it's also, because it's still so overgrown, it's a great place for monsters to lurk. And if you're an outcast, if you're a brigand, if you're a fugitive from justice, if you're the last member of a royal family that the usurper is trying to wipe out, this is a good place for you to run and hide in take an assumed name and start a new life. And therefore the border kingdoms is like adventuring central on a small scale. As in, you're not stepping into a kingdom that is a giant empire with organized legions of soldiers marching and, and um, checkpoints on the roads or anything like that. You're, you're stepping into a place where rumor flies fast, but, mules and horses plod slowly and there can be a massacre over one hill and they don't know about it in the next village or town so this is like perfect adventuring country this is where we, we might all want to retire to if we're like have eyes in the back of our head great armor and um are surrounded by warding spells so you know the next arrow through the window doesn't take us out <laughs> you know, uh, uh, in the border kingdoms, it's where the, the arrow comes through the window 
and one of the adventurers just casually raises his fork and knocks it out of the air and then goes to the wooden and says, can you wait until dessert? <laughs> and then sits down again. <laughs> gotcha. And, and beyond, and the, the, uh, the other uh, natural um, advantage of the Border Kingdoms is its topography and its geography. It's a very temperate place with uh, woods and lots of streams and rills and rivers, uh, varied landscape, um, chaotic as far as the political structures, as Ed, Ed alluded to, that uh, there, are, there are duchies and kingdoms that's hard to even call them that are being toppled daily so uh it's it's a very chaotic place there could not be in my in my imagination anyway a place that is more sorely in need of adventurers for hire uh because every sort of project and and uh need has to be addressed by people with capable swords and spells and uh it's it's constant and, and kilometer by kilometer and mile by mile, mile in the border kingdoms. And so that's why we arrived on that. And as far as, so beyond how awesome the border kingdoms is, and I'm obviously a big fan, um, we, we have the full weight of Wizards of the Coast behind this. This is an official Wizards release. So this is going to be, uh, this is canon, this book. This is the, the first Wizards a release of uh, Forgotten Realms lore and, and since uh, uh, Tales of the Sword Coast, I think, um, and and the Baldwin Games book is too, Dave Chris book of the Moonshade Isles. Though that's it. Um, so this is official lore that 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 uh, fans, uh, players, and uh, purchasers can count on. That's not going to change. Um, and in addition, they, they get, they're going to get some great stuff in this book, which we can talk about in detail as, as to the extent that you like this. But uh, this is sure. this is an actual uh, this is an actual wizard's release that's being done on DM Skill. Fantastic, that's great to hear. So, would it be a fair summary just to kind of follow up on what you just how you just described this area? Um, when an adventurer, when a when a level two adventuring party walks into Waterdeep. They're not going to end up toppling Laryl Silverhand, most likely, or <laughs> making themselves the new blacks, the new black staff, or something like that. Uh, but over in the Border Kingdoms, they they are primed to be able to make a splash in the kingdom, in the po- politics and the culture of that area. Is that fair to say? Yeah. If if they're careful, if they're lucky, <laughs> if Timora smiles on them. Sure. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Uh, how big are y'all anticipating this book to be? Uh, I believe the gosh, now that's a great question. Now the final final page count I think is 139 pages, but Ed, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's in that range between 140 and 150, right in that range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, yeah, and it features so Ed referenced that he had written all this lore and gotten to a certain point in the alphabet and things change with wizards and uh and and then trying to push this this forward well he, he's finished that so we have we have a alphabetical listing of every town hamlet uh region meaningful geographic location listed uh um alphabetically but in addition we have this great new map from mike schley that he did that's going to be in the book um full illustrations tons of art that we we commissioned um we have uh, 11 new character backgrounds that are all adventures league legal the entire book is adventures league legal uh but the character backgrounds are so which you can so you can take these backgrounds and play them in any adventures league game even if it's not set in the border kingdoms um that adds real border kingdoms flavor and and uh and and features 
Um, and and Ed can talk about the campaign hooks that we built into the book too. So this is a this is going to be a full-on source book that's going to um, this heralds back to my era, which was the 2E era of, you know, it's 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 called dismissively the splat era. But I loved all those books. I I, I do a, a a daily post on on Twitter of my collection, uh, and I'm right in the middle of I'm between I'm in just turning into 1994, so we're in the complete book of series era sure. and the all that stuff. And I love I love really nuanced setting material, and that's what this is going to be. It's going to give uh, people a, ch uh, a detail uh, of this region that will keep them going for years. Uh, if you wanted to, you could play in the Border Kingdoms for a decade with this book. You really could, and that's what's uh, pleasing to me because, and, and I know it means a lot to Ed too, because that's all we want is to have tell great stories and 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 give give players and DMs the tools to to have fun. And uh, I think this, I'm I'm, I'm delighted that this product's going to do that. That's great. So Alex going to ask yeah, you, you, yeah. you mentioned uh, there are 11 new backgrounds in the, in the source material y'all are creating. Uh, and did you say they are, they are distinctively border kingdoms flavored, but they could be plucked out and used in other places. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. They have been fully approved by wizards uh, and they have, they, they'll look very much structurally like the uh, backgrounds that you see in the in the player's handbook and the other approved uh, materials from wizards um and you know we pushed it <laughs> you know we pushed we pushed as far as the it's it's tough when you are um creating things like that you want to make little pieces of awesome for each background and from a balance standpoint i understand you want to rein that in and not say well you can't have you you can't do too much with just the background, so I think we we pushed it as far as they would let us go, <laughs> as far as each of these each, each of these backgrounds. So I think players are gonna really enjoy it. They're gonna have a lot sure. of options, and they're gonna have some cool stuff they can play with. Yeah, and say so I find that very appealing. I'm the I'm the sort of dungeon master who likes to do stories that are not globe trotting. Let's go all the way from one corner of the map to the other kind of the other corner of the map. I like to be the guy that explores one valley for a year and a half kind of a guy where there is almost literally no stone unturned. You know, uh, I was a great appreciator of Princess of the Apocalypse because everything happens just within the Deserin Valley. Uh, or uh, the uh, the recent Waterdeep adventure, where my characters started that campaign inside the walls and never got more than a stone's throw from out, outside of the walls the entire campaign. And because uh, there's plenty of space to run around in there without having to also factor in three months worth of travel to get from point A to point B <laughs> to to do those kinds of things. Uh, so yeah, I love that. I love. I love little areas that are just rich with stuff that can be deeply explored. Well, can, can yeah. I just just break in just for a moment, and just uh, yeah, personally to talk about something that means a lot to me with my, with my friend Ed and, and another friend Chris Perkins. Years ago, we were up in the game hole, which is actually a physical space, and we were talking about, and I was talking, I was blathering about how much the Volos Guide guides meant to me. I love those products. They were by <laughs> far my favorite D&D products because they were full of all kinds of nonsensical details and wonderful details, just stuff that was just so great from a DM. You could just open up to any page and there's stuff that you could use for players. You know, and and so when we were talking, uh, Ed, Chris and I, Chris Perkins at the time, about that, this was in 2014, 
uh, and I would just was I was totally soapboxing. I said, it would be so great if we could just get another Volos guide. You know, if we could just go back. And then Chris was being very, you know, cards close to the vest. Well, maybe <laughs> we will see. And lo and behold, you know, in 2017, we got a Volos, we got a Volos book. But uh, yes. so I'm completely with you when it comes to setting materials and, and minutia and detail. I love it, and and our, and Ed is so good at that stuff. And there's there's tons of it in this book. Oh, fantastic! And, yeah, and. And if and if Wizards watches this, I would like a chance to do another twelve Volos guides just to match all the second edition ones. There's so much of the world we haven't geographically covered yet. So, you know, I'm always up for writing more Volos guides. You know, <laughs> Volos guide to the Lake of Steam, Volos guide to Lantan, Volos guide to Nimbral, Volos guide to just you know, um if if they don't stop me, I would cover the entire globe. <laughs> that'd be so great gosh yeah. yeah that'd be amazing yeah absolutely so uh ed uh, i know uh having looked at a snapshot of the back cover of the book uh uh it mentions uh adventure seeds and plot hooks and uh, i believe alex brought those up as well earlier that uh you've scattered adventure seeds throughout this resource can you talk to us about that some sure uh if you go through the geographical tour the, the A to Z tour, there's little nuggets in just about every place. And they're weasel-worded. You know, as Elminster would always say, there are rumors of this, rather than there are six gold rings in the third room. You know, because mm-hmm. I expect that players will read this. So it's it's suggestions and hints and rumors. And then once you've are out of the geographical tour and you've looked through the character backgrounds, the character backgrounds themselves will suggest both adventures and where you might go for some treasure. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the Uber plots at the end of the book, we don't have any finished adventures in the book. There's no big ginormous adventure because the one problem with that is for some players, they read it once and maybe use it, maybe not. And then those pages will, they'll flip over for the rest of their lives. Not everybody, not every gamer. Most gamers like us, we devour them. We go through them again and go, and another idea pops up. But to some people, it's like, yeah, I've done that. It's, yeah, and they toss the book aside. Well, instead, these are overarching plots, the kingpins, the villains, the factions, the cabals, the, the little local um, agreements that can drive many adventures. Who are the local power groups? Who are the local movers and shakers? Now, some of them will be obvious, and the dungeon master can say, well, you know, this this guy standing up on the podium with his big belly hanging out and six guards behind him, he's probably the local powerhouse. You might not want to pick your nose in his direction. Mm-hmm. You know, that's pretty obvious. But what we deal with in the book is the people who are quietly meeting in upper rooms and exchanging little nods and winks when they pass each other in the crowd, meaning, yes, do it tonight. And there's some plot unfolding. And these plots will drive endless adventures for a dungeon master who wishes to pick up that thread or that thread over there. And the players will never know what's going to hit them because it could be anything from here. But yes, 
the Uber plots, like Alex said earlier, you can play for a decade in here. We've given you Uber plots that, well, let us assume, let us be realistic for a moment and treat it like the real world. The people who are participating in these Uber plots, by and large, live here in the border kingdoms. They don't all want to pull off their plot at once and send the place up like a powder keg. Right. So they're going to they're going to take turns, which means it's endless fun. There's the <laughs> plots are going to be unfolding and dancing around each other and people are going to go, wait, so and so just went into that tavern. I better not blow up that tavern tonight because he's meeting for someone. We'll wait till this meeting's over. Then we'll blow it up. You know, so, so that these Uber plots would dance around each other, which means you can draw from them any way, which way you want. But we want the book. We want you to read through this book and go, oh, I got I got an idea. Oh, I got another idea. And then the next time you pick it up, you go, I got another idea. And you're sitting there bored one day or you've got you have to wait for 10 minutes to, to drive somebody somewhere or for something to be ready. And you pick up the book and you flip it open and you get new ideas, even though you've read that over and over again. That's the sort of book. Well, like the Volo's Guides. Yeah, that's the sort of book I want to have on my shelves. I want to have a huge row of them on my shelves, but we had to start with just what? So here it is. <laughs> sure. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. And it is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love to hear people who are passionate about their work. That's awesome. That's awesome. That, that, that excitement is very contagious. No question. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, let me, let me ask this, um, and a question I want to bring to each of you individually. Uh, so, Alex, I'm going to ask you first. Um, if you were picking up this book to use it as a resource for your next campaign, where would you start? Like, where would you have your party start? And give me like three or four sentences on why. Why that place? Yeah, that's really easy for me. When uh, So... This is the second iteration of this book. When we, dialing back, when we got um, the opportunity to pick our own region of the Forgotten Realms, we hastily put assembled a, uh, a primer on the Border Kingdoms and released it on the DMs Guild. And it's really nothing more than a Word document kind of kind of typeset um, with with the lore that ed did and nothing else just blah out it went and we 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 uh cannibalized a a, a map of the border kingdoms i don't even know what setting it's from i mean which edition it's from i, I i'm not even so we just whatever had the with the most the highest resolution quite frankly that would would hold up and uh so that became the cover and out it went and so i was flipping through this uh and reading it and i i read um the uh the barony of Black Saddle, and a little town called Blautar. And I was reading it, and the the of all, I mean, there's so much chaos all over the border kingdoms. And but the, I like the, I really like the uh, uh, how Blautar, this tiny tiny town on the edge of the of a forest, um, with very independent, uh, sort of free thinking people were uh, chafing under the yoke of uh, oppression from a, a nearby um, potentate and they were they were just yearning to be to be free and a leader to lead them in rebellion which is just so funny it's just a tiny little town they just <laughs> uh, so I wrote a, an adventure uh, for for the eventually called for the glory of Blautar 
based just on that, I mean, there's literally three paragraphs, and it, it is a very highly rated adventure in the DMs Guild. Uh, and it's purely, I just read that, and I wrote this adventure, and, it, and it's, I, I, think it's, I think it's pretty good. Um, so that's what that's the that's the beauty of a book like this. There's Ed has has so much lovely lore that anyone can read, and it'll just it'll set your imagination on fire. Um, and so that is very so that for me that is Blautar is uh, sort of central in the Border Kingdoms, and it was really almost at random. I was just flipping through in Blautar. What an interesting name! And I just read it. I'm gonna write a story about that. Mm. So that's where if I if you if you're gonna pin me down of that because because of that of the adventure I wrote and I, I'm I'm still uh, very much in love with that place I can see it in my mind's eye as I walk through this little forest that's this little town that's carved out of the forest with with trappers and people in in in, in skins um, uh, but also with 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 shops kind of and uh, sort of an inn but really the whole town is based around the the uh, uh, hosting adventurers for hunts. And 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 royals who want to have that big kill, but also shady shady things are going on because it's a great place to have a clandestine meeting, and no one's ever going to see anything or or look look askance at anything that's going on there. It's a wonderful place. It's exactly so ripe for adventuring, um, and that's just one. That's that's one of the bees, one of the bees in this book. <laughs> So that's great. So in this case, I asked you, where would you start an adventure? And you've already started that adventure and done it that is work. Blautar, yeah. <laughs> Blautar. Love it's that already adventure. there. Yeah. That's a great, that's great. Ed, same question for you, where if, if I put a gun to your head and said, you must run a, a, a group that's starting this weekend and that it must be in, in your border kingdoms set up, where are they going to start and tell me why? Oh dear. Well, you see, I would weasel. I would say, well, what sort of an adventure do you want? Mm, because okay. um, uh, the one thing that we couldn't do in this book was fully detail a city. Sure. And there are a few cities. Yalash is one of them. Durlusk is another. And because I love books, you can probably see all the books behind me. Yes. I, I work in a public library. I have 200,000 books in this house and out in the storage containers um Durlusk is a city of books and bookshops and librarians so it would be a really cool place and i wrote an adventure that went up on the dungeon Masters guild <laughs> um which is which is down now and I'll, I'll put it back up a little later on in which mert had a um interesting encounter in a uh, somebody vanished from a, an upstairs private library in Durlusk and his mission was to find out what happened to that vanished person. And uh, there's something really appealing about a port city which curves around a tiny bay in which every second or third um, building is a bookshop. It might have a house or apartments above it, but it's crammed full of books. To me, that's like heaven. They could all mm. be gaming books, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but um, it would it would be the place I'd love to start, but it would not be the place that this book would give you the best start in because we sort of had to gloss over Durlusk. And um, if I wanted to do an urban adventure, that would be really different. It would be sort of like, what if we were in Waterdeep and Waterdeep was much smaller and it was all full of book collectors and nothing else? Mm. You know, it would be that would be really cool, just because it's different. 
Sure. Um, Boy, my mind is racing now, just, just putting those pieces well, together. Yeah. So you know that that so Ed, let's we you and I need to offline talk about doing a Derlusk book. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because I, I think that'd be great. I think it's I, that, that that's a fascinating city that is. You know, and you, we, there are there are several paragraphs. I mean, it's pages of of copy, but that is, it's not, it doesn't have the scope of Waterdeep, but it's not far short. It's certainly, you know, I think much more. Um, well, I don't want to start picking favorites, uh, you know, because the Sword Coast has cities that are iconic now, but it's right there as far as it where it could be if we developed it a little more. If you if you developed it and told explained what's around that next corner mm. um yeah I, I think that'd be great we just need to yeah we could we could we, we should do that and, and <laughs> yeah we should and 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 actually that's a problem that's i've had since the beginning of the realms because i want to cover everything and of course in the old days tsr um there was no online there were no web enhancements there were no pixels it was all print you couldn't squeeze a quart into a pint pot you know you had to hit your word count and i would say okay can we do the next kingdom over and they'd say no 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 we've done a city let's do this and then of course the places you do become the most popular and people want to go back there so there's more and more on neverwinter there's more and more on Waterdeep. there's more and more on the dales there's more and more and then you go but I haven't covered this thing over here called Westgate or this thing over here called Starmantle. And we've barely touched Termish. Yeah, yeah, people don't want that stuff. They want more. Well, how will you know that if you don't give it to them? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, of course, there was because there was finite resources. In fact, TSR used to have this thing called the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. That's where they'd take products, put them up against the wall and shoot them because everybody would propose products. And then they'd come down to, here's what we can afford to produce in terms of designer time and paper and binding and all that stuff. So half of these products have to go away. Mm. And some of them, like uh, FR6, no, I can't remember. It's FR6 was Dreams of the Wizard. FR5, I guess. The Evermeet product, anyway, the original mm. FR product. It fell off the end. It got shot about three times. And I think the fourth year it made it. Well, you see, this has gone on forever. I want to cover the entire globe. And they keep saying, yeah, we can't do that, Ed. Uh, we need to do this first. Um, can we do this first? And I go, yeah, but if I do that, can I also do this other thing? Sure, sure. And then and when it came time to do the other thing, oh, no, no, we we got a new shiny thing we're chasing now. And of sure. course, that, that's that's the the ongoing problem. And it's also good for Dungeon Masters because they have a little fallow area that they can design the way they want for their campaign. But in this edition of the game, this fifth edition, with things concentrated along the Sword Coast, it's so nice to have somewhere else because then a Dungeon Master can say, I just bought this thing at DM's Guild, or I just went to a convention and bought this other thing. They're, they're by third parties. I don't think I want to drop them into the middle of Tomb of Annihilation or... Strahd's Ravenloft or yeah. or Princess of the Apocalypse just north of Waterdeep. But I want to play this thing. I want to try it. Oh, good. Let's just go over here. <laughs> and mm -hmm. that's what we've done. We've given them a new over here. And this <laughs> over here uh, is chaotic. It's a hodgepodge. 
it's a buffet. <laughs> <laughs> now, so see, you can Ed, put anything there. <laughs> that's hilarious. So, Ed, this is the first time you and I have met, and I'm very grateful for this opportunity. But I can, I this confirms a theory I had about you some years ago uh, when I first introduced my sons to Dungeons and Dragons uh, around the time that Five E was launching, and they were kind of asking me about the Forgotten Realms world and and what I said about you behind your back. And now I think it's absolutely true. <laughs> Having actually spoken to you about it, is I said, okay, boys, pick any spot on that map. Okay, and find the the furthest out building in that village and find the little path that goes from the kitchen to the woods. And that fourth rock there that you kick with your foot and turn over, Ed Greenwood already knows what's under that rock. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there's this guy up in Canada who's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, that that is not far off true, because years and years ago, Kim Mohan phoned me. And they were doing the uh, three modules that went with the Time of Troubles. And he said, okay, we, we have to sort of replicate what's in the book. So they're coming up into the Twisted Tower from below, and then they sneak up. I said, they can't do that. There's two guards posted there. <laughs> he said, you, you can do it, but they're going to have to get past the guards. You've got to mention that in the novel. Okay, I'll tell the novel writer. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that just, that just, that sounds so right. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, uh, so uh, we're, we're at a little over a half an hour right now, and I want to, and man, I, I would love to just talk D&D lore with you all forever, uh, but I want to make sure we've, we've done your product justice as we're, we're talking about this. Um, what what uh what led to this particular collaboration between the the two of you, Alex? I think you said did you say you started it by reaching out to Ed to to start this? But you've done work with him before, right? Well, on this project, yeah, it's probably mm-hmm. it probably was a email from me saying, "Hey, Ed, what do you think about this?" And he mm-hmm. said, "Yes," and off we went. But uh, yeah, Ed um is it's been a, a joy of mine to be able to uh, collaborate on a number of projects now and uh, I, I'm it's always um, it, it's it's a, a little bit so if you let me just so the listeners out there the I don't know I'm not trying to come up with a metaphor that's appropriate um, if you are going to work collaboratively with Ed Greenwood on a shared document it's a Boy, I'm trying not to go to a bromide, but it's a little bit like trying to sip out of a fire hose because what you mm-hmm. do is I write some words. I say, Ed, here are my words. What do you think? And then it comes back like, bam, this avalanche just so fast and so great and so perfect and print re- print ready immediately. And it's so humbling. I think, okay, I'm going to need a couple days just to absorb what you wrote and then try to write my piece in response and it's it's wonderful sure. he's a wonderful author and a, and a wonderful man um, <laughs> oh shucks it's, it's true though it's true Ed. And, you know, one of my favorite people and so the the uh, so that's so i you know the more that that he and i can do things like this is i i you know I, I will do as many of as that i'm allowed to um and so that was that's what this came from it, originally the genesis what came from um uh obs or the dm's guild said hey um mm-hmm. the uh your Border Kings book, which you, which I referenced before, was totally half-assed. We just threw it out there. If you put this together and and do a print, actually they said, how about a print-on-demand product? I said, well, hold on a second. If it's going to be a print-on-demand product, we need to revise it totally and 
give the the buyer something that's worth buying, not just and not to downplay Ed's Ed's lore, but you can download that. That's essentially free if you go to if you comb the the, the wizard's um, um, database. So that's why we came up with a great new cover, a fantastic new map, these backgrounds, story hooks, enhanced lore, all that stuff. In a in a in a in a book that's going to if you buy this book it's going to look exactly like Wizards of the Coast release it's going to slot in the bookshelf exactly like they do they have the same spine the same look same quality and uh, we both wanted to have that be the reality uh, when we we collaborate on this and and a little bit of a, a hint is that we're talking to Wizards about maybe another one and and maybe others after that so we're going to see how this goes uh, but we have other regions. Of the Forgotten Realms that we're interested in developing in the same way. Fantastic. Yeah. With this power, I can rule the world, the That's universe, right. Disneyland. <laughs> and of course, you already announced tonight, and I, I took it as an official announcement that you're going to write that book about that one city here in the. Here yes, in the yes. I, uh, gosh, I, see, I, I'm a big fan of urban ventures myself too, especially with you know, it's it's so non-tropey. It's so it's so different from the the, the vast majority of of, of, of words that have been written about D and D. You kidding me? You're talking about a, 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 I can imagine um, a, a, a plot about uh, uh, cabals of uh, bookstore owners who are upset about someone importing the wrong wrong kind of tombs and that they're hiring adventures. To, I mean, it's crazy. It's it, that'd be fantastic. I would love to be able to be part of something like yeah. that. Oh yeah, I'm already. Yeah. My brain was already running towards marrying some of those ideas to some of the plots of the name of the rose from back in the day from uh, sure. Roberto Echo. A lot of a lot of book centered drama and tragedy in that story, yeah, for sure. That's and, great. And there are there are at least two products. One not yet released, so I can't talk about it. Um, and one that's been released, Tomes from the Tales and Tomes from the Forbidden Library, which is oh, up yeah. at DM's Guild, which is, you know, a, th a third-party thing, but it's, you can plunder them for books. Mm. You know, they're, they're, and there's lots of stuff at the DM's Guild, you know, so if, if for, for dungeon masters who don't have the time, and, and frankly, this is what many gamemates, you know, those of us who have jobs, have families, have stuff going on in our life, we desperately want to have our time gaming, but we don't have um, the time we had in high school when we decided, why not ruin my education and do something I want to do? And then we would <laughs> prepare for hours for our games. We don't have that time anymore. Well, you can go out now and buy all this stuff and you could pick, cherry pick a half a dozen products that have magical books in them. And then we could, you could put them in Durlusk in all of those things that are going to be in our new product. Yes, well, <laughs> give me a week. Give me a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see. I'm three quarters convinced that that's true. That <laughs> a week from now, we'll be interviewing you about this new ah, book that's coming out. <laughs> no, 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 no. I will do this book in a week, but it will not be this week. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, y'all have mentioned that uh, this this product is going to be released on the DMs Guild, and uh, both in PDF form and also in a print-on-demand format. 
Yes, it is going to be a hardcover print-on-demand and a softcover print-on-demand in addition to a uh, PDF, of course. And we're, we're still, uh, uh, there'll be bundle options so you can get all three or all or two of the three. Um, it's, we're, we're, we're getting all that sorted out. Um, the, it's all been approved. All the content's been approved by Wizards. All the content's now been approved just today by OBS. So mm. now what uh, we've done, they're sending me print proofs. I'll get them hopefully uh, today. I'm sitting here in the in Wisconsin and on Thursday, um, April 2. I should have those in my hands, maybe even tomorrow, but maybe Saturday or the worst Monday. I will look at them and uh, hopefully they look great. I will send copies to Ed and my friends at Wizards and say, here you go, guys. Uh, and so I'm cautiously optimistic that this is going to be out the week of, uh, I believe that's April 5, uh, April 4, April 4, 5, that week. Mm -hmm. It should go live and people can order this in softbound, hardbound, PDF, or groups of uh, any any combination of the three. That's fantastic. Okay. And my Twitter will burst into flames. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that's I bet that's the case. So uh, let me let me wrap up by just asking um, Ed. You've already mentioned your Twitter. Uh, how can how can our listeners find y'all online if they want to make contact with you and keep up with what you're doing? I okay. I'll just go first. I, sometimes I see stuff on the Forgotten Realms archives or Sages of the Forgotten Realms Facebook groups. But the most reliable way to, to for, for my eyeballs to see it is on Twitter, at the Edverse. Mm -hmm. Okay, very good. And Alex, how about you? Yeah, if you uh, search my name, Alex Camera, on Twitter, you'll find me. But it's uh, I think my current handle is GHC and Tacos, GameholeCon and Tacos, my favorite, my favorite repast. Um, mm. uh, but uh, that that's how you can find me. Uh, also, Facebook, uh, GameholeCon. I'm the director of GameholeCon. I'm also one of the owners of True Dungeon. So if you hit True Dungeon, you'll if you specify you want to talk to me, you'll you'll find me. Um, yeah, I think those are the most convenient ways. All right, thank you very much for your time, gentlemen. You've been listening you. to a special. You've been listening to a special edition of the Tome Show News. Thank you for our special get. Thank you to our special guests, Ed Greenwood and Alex Kammer. We look forward to having the finished Border Kingdoms book in hand very soon. To our listeners, thank you for choosing to spend this time with us. This is your Tome Show News anchor, Lewis Brenton, signing off. You'll be hearing from us again very soon. Mm -hmm.